um, uh, which we're calling catechism. Catechism is this ancient practice in the church of um, over three years people would learn how to follow Jesus and then at the end of it they would be baptised. In true millennial Gen Z fashion, we're doing that in nine weeks. Um, so um, so uh, basically um, there is a guidebook at the back of the room um, which um, we're using alongside podcasts that we're putting out each week um, to go on this journey together learning about the basics of faith. Um, and so um, what we have first actually, I want to acknowledge, um, a couple of people have done some really hard work on making this possible. So um, Hannah O'Donovan, are you around? Yeah, yeah. Hannah did all the design for this, so why don't you give it up for Hannah? Um, and then David Kim, um, so I went to Hannah with all these like copyrighted images, which I'm like, no one will notice, and said, let's use these. And she said, no, you can't do that. And then David said, all right, I'll do some original illustrations. So he made us nine little icons for um, each week of this. Um, so we can have a different one of these up here each week. So our, our question this week is around who is Jesus? And um, yeah, this is kind of an ancient symbol of, um, of the lamb who conquers, um, which which we've put up, um, and so you'll see some of those other symbols alongside the back table there, um, including some of them are like quite special to us, um, one of them you'll notice is St Peter's Church, um, and, um, and you'll see the prayer book back there, and, and so David's done, did we clap for David yet? Let's clap for David. <laughs> And so on that note, um, I am going to invite up um, the Reverend Rose Morris to share with us. Come on! Just going to keep saying it until it's true, eh? True, um, yeah. <laughs> um, shall I pray for you? Go on. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Um, Lord, we, um, yeah, we thank you for Rose. Um, we thank you for the heart you've given her that deeply cares for people. Um, we thank you for... Um, yeah, the heart she has for you. And so, Lord, we just pray your spirit um, would, would flow through her as she shares with us. Um, and we just pray for boldness and courage um, to speak the word that you put on her heart. Amen. 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 Thanks, Scotty. Um, oh, such a lucky break just now, guys. Just realised that the zip on my jeans was under, but managed to do it up before coming up here. So I'm not flying low and cheering with you. So lucky you didn't have to witness that. Um, yeah, kia ora, I'm Rose. Welcome to um, this first part of our catechism series. So um, for those of you who haven't been listening to um, uh, the podcast this week, as Scotty said, we've been putting out these recordings. And um, we, we figured that actually those recordings are kind of like a sermon. Like you guys have already kind of listened to a sermon this week. Who, who's listened this week? Big chunk of people probably. Yeah, so a fair few people have listened. Um, if you have been without Wi-Fi or if you haven't had a chance to um, check that out, you can jump on Spotify and kind of um, have, a, have a listen anytime. But while we're um, in this series of catechism, we thought that Sunday nights could be a chance for us to kind of share a bit more kind of heart knowledge on a topic. We share quite a lot of head knowledge um, during the, the podcast part. And so... This is going to be a bit more of a storytelling type way of learning. So this week we are looking at who is Jesus. And in the um, podcast we sort of gave three key ideas around who, who is Jesus Christ. Um, and just to let you know, for those who, who haven't listened, and to remind you, for those who have, um, those three things were Jesus as Messiah, Jesus as fully human and fully God, and Jesus as Lord and friend. Um, 
And you might be thinking, hey, that's actually like five things, not three. But we, we group them together so that we can claim that it fits into three points. Um, so yeah, Jesus is Messiah, Jesus is fully human, fully God, and Jesus is Lord and friend. Um, so firstly, I would just love to open the floor for people just to share like a prominent thought or something that came up for them, um, maybe in your discussion group or while you were listening or um, in the questions. Just love to, to grab a few from the floor first. Um, who has a thought to share? Um, I can share. I yeah, really appreciated how in the questions it talked about Jesus as Messiah and used the word like saviour, liberator and rescuer and I, I think um, often growing up heard the term saviour but didn't connect that with liberation and to me that yeah, connects a lot so that was really helpful. Somewhere in the middle block, or maybe not. Maybe someone beside Would love a third one. Just three, as I'm saying. We're really trying to like squash things into three points. sharing guys cool so um, I guess as I was saying this is kind of sharing heart knowledge so um, a lot of this will be stories and it will be um, for those of you who um, don't know Jesus or don't know Jesus very well it'll be kind of like I guess me talking about a friend <laughs> and for those of you who are also friends with Jesus you'll be like oh yeah 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 Jesus that's what he's like um, so yeah we're gonna start with that first point of Jesus as Messiah so as, as you said Lance um, Jesus um, is Messiah, rescuer, saviour, liberator. And um, Jesus came, as you said, Sam, to a Jewish people who were um, expecting salvation. They were oppressed by the Roman Empire and they um, were waiting to be liberated and to have this experience of the, the new Israel and God's kingdom coming amongst them. And so Jesus, um, Jesus comes and he says, I am that Messiah. And so we read in um, the fourth chapter of Luke's Gospel, that Jesus announces this in his hometown. And it says, He went to Nazareth, where he'd been brought up, and on the Sabbath day he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, and recovery of sight for the blind to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. And then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. So Jesus comes and says, Hey, I am that Messiah you have been waiting for. Um, there have been prophets that had said, Oh yeah, there's someone that's going to rise up. And, and become the Messiah of the people, and he says, yeah, that's me. And so he went on to um, have this ministry with people where he, he brought about liberation and rescue, and that um, was a liberation from isolation, 
from physical, spiritual and psychological imprisonment. He comes and he sets the people free and he opens up a new way of life for those who are desperate for their lives to be made new. Now, what is radical about what we believe is that we believe that the opportunity to know Jesus as Saviour doesn't just kind of end with his time on earth, but rather the work of Jesus to proclaim good news and proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind and liberty for the oppressed is extended to every person ever. We can each know Jesus as Messiah. And so I wanted to share a couple of little stories about this with you. In um, the seasonal guide group that I'm a part of on, a, on Monday afternoon, we were sharing about how um, some people in the group had grown up um, kind of in, in church and in faith and other people um, hadn't and kind of had, had learned about Jesus at some point. And um, yeah, just about the differences that made how we kind of understood this. And so, um, yeah, I want to share the first story about how I came to faith. Um, when I was a kid, I um, yeah, grew, grew up in a family that didn't go to church. I actually didn't know anyone that went to church. Um, but I had a sense that kind of all wasn't well with the world. Um, I had, yeah, a sense that there was a lot of hopelessness around and really liked the idea that there would be um, someone that knew more or knew better and that there would be um, that there was something higher or better than kind of just what I could see um, and this particularly this imagery for me as a 10 year old around um, just like a light in the darkness um, was something that I was drawn to um, and then we moved towns we moved from the rural Waikato to the Bay and um, I made some friends, and those friends happened to go to church. And so they were like, oh, yeah, you should come with us to church and to Sunday school and stuff. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, so I got along and was like, man, this is so weird. They drink blood. Are these people vampires? What is this? And then I learned about prayer, and they were like, yeah, you can just talk to God. And I thought that prayer was kind of like a telephone, so only one person could talk to God at once. And so, like, I was just like, man, got to make it quick, eh? Because, like, there are other people that want to get on this line. And, like, there are people, I hear there are people in India that are starving. And, man, fuck, they've got way bigger issues to talk to God about than me. I'm just an 11-year-old kid in Katsikati. So, um, yeah, started kind of exploring these ideas of faith. And then um, got kind of one of the, the gigs that youth group was getting along to was um, at Bay Park, which is this big, outrageous... Um, place where people do like, I don't even know, like derby racing and just, yeah, whatever goes on there. So got along there and they were like, yeah, there's this thing called um, Impact World Tour, we're going to go. I was like, okay. And um, the kind of gig there was a lot of just really muscly Christians um, sort of praying to have super saiyan strength and then like drag <laughs> trucks across the road or like rip phone books in half, kind of like if you see these powerful works of God, you'll become a Christian. Um, so we were there, you know, obviously my style. Um, and so people prayed, and then, yeah, just nothing happened. Eh? Like, honestly, all of the stuff they tried to, tried to do just didn't happen. Um, but they just had such sincere faith, which was just obviously evident to me. And they were just like, look, you know, God is still good. 
obviously, like, our prayers were heard in this way, but, like, if you want to know God, if you want to know Jesus, like, feel free to come up for prayer. And I was like, yeah, I will. (laughs) And so I went up for prayer and kind of prayed, I guess, what a lot of people have probably known as, I guess, the sinner's prayer, just, which is basically like, oh, God, I'm broken, the world's broken, and I actually want to know you and want you to be in my life, and I believe that that you will do that, that you can come near to me, um, Jesus, and I want that. That's effectively that kind of thing. So that happened, and then I got given um, a New Testament, and they were like, oh, there's four, four little books inside this book at the start that you should read, but because you're like a little girl, you should start with the book of Mark, because that's like the shortest one. And I was like, mm-mm, no, you didn't. And so that weekend, I went home really nerdily and read all four of the Gospels. Um, and I remember um, just being like, uh, kind of not sure, like, oh, some of this, I don't know if I back. And some of it was confusing, but some of it so moved me. And I remember just like, crying and and being so so moved by Jesus and um, yeah that wasn't a normal thing crying wasn't really part of my life until I um, moved to blueprint honestly Um, and so yeah that that happened Um, and I could say that that was uh, my experience of Jesus as saviour because it was but it's not like nothing's happened since Um, I think this word um, rescuer can can make it sound like uh, like a one-off thing. Jesus has been working this ongoing um, liberation in my life ever since. And um, in the question around um, Jesus's kind of rescuer this week, as Brooke said, um, you know, where has Jesus rescued you? I was kind of brainstorming around that. And the, the main thing that struck me was that Jesus has freed me from the prison of performance performing to get people's attention, performing to get love, performing to get a job, a boyfriend to be a good daughter, to get money, to just kind of get by. Um, That kind of cycle of performance is what Jesus brings freedom to, freedom from that prison. And I think most of all, um, the freedom I've experienced is freedom um, from the prison of life being all about me, Um, yeah, freedom to have life that is about more than myself. Yeah, so that's been, I guess, that is just like everyday, (laughs) everyday stuff of like the liberation of of Jesus continuing to do that work in my life. And this kind of ties into this idea that we talked about um, recently around losing your life to find it and how that's quite mysterious. Um... But that is kind of the liberation of Jesus, that you, you lose your life and you, um, yeah, you find it even, even more richly. I put here, the mystery of losing your life to find it is the rescue I've experienced again and again because of Jesus leading me, healing me, and teaching me how to be truly human. Which segues beautifully into our second idea of Jesus as fully human and fully God. Um, Now this one is one of the many kind of big mysteries of faith, that God is big and infinite and kind of present everywhere, and by contrast, humans are kind of concrete and finite and are actually just in one place. 
As much as we like to multitask and kind of Facebook would suggest you can be in many places at once, we actually can only be in one place. Um, and yeah, a story I wanted to share about that is that a few years ago, I went over to England for a friend's wedding and it was in like a big old fancy church, like one of those really old ones, like really old and fancy. Um, <laughs> and the kind of wedding that they had um, was probably one of the most uh, solemn kind of weddings. Like it was just like the gravity of like, I'm committing to you for life was really emphasized. Um, <laughs> as compared to, I guess, other weddings where it's just like, yay, like just good vibes. These was just like, this is like intense, but good, but intense. And I think that the, the vibe of the big old church kind of really like made that be very like, whoa. Um, so I was sitting there um, feeling quite whoa. And um, behind my friend was just this big, shiny, fancy as old church Jesus up in this cathedral. And um, I was kind of struck by how I forget to see Jesus that way. This kind of awe-inspiring, I'm a bit scared to touch this, wow, solemn, immense Jesus. Isn't the Jesus I think of often, but that is part of the nature of God. This kind of difference from us, um, this uh, immensity, this awe-inspiringness. Um, I realized that I was used to thinking of Jesus as a kind of dusty, sweaty, human-y Jesus um, that went around to people's house for dinner and um, was very kind of with you. A Jesus who was relatable, a Jesus that was very kind of human. And I was challenged while I was there to realize that those things are both true. And I think um, a thing I want to emphasize here is that when you become friends with someone, you don't become friends with them just because they're exactly like you. Like there's beauty, there's beauty in difference. When you get to know someone, it's like, oh, you're something other than me, and that is cool. And so when I talk about the otherness of God here, that's not a negative thing. Like actually, that's really beautiful. Um, and so I think that moment made me realize like, oh, God is both other, um, but also in Jesus came like very near and is very human. And yeah, those things hold together. And so, oh, notes have gone a bit confusing. Oh yeah, that's okay. Um, just to like land this point, really, this is just a brag at this point. Um, <laughs> um, recently, I um, got to fulfill a long-held dream of mine to do some pottery. Um, so, yeah, so good. So Max and I did this pottery course up north, which was just like two hours. Um, and we were, there was this very passionate pottery man named Andrew. And under some like very heavy supervision from Andrew, um, I made this really cool bowl. Um, which I'm going to show you now. Ooh, propped. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and I honestly, yeah, since this bowl rolled in, I have just been showing this off to everybody. And now I'm showing it off to the whole church. Um, I honestly was like, what if I break it on the way here? I'm taking it out of the house. Um, I love this bowl. I'm so proud of this. Um, this is something that I've created. But I don't have any desire to become this bowl. Like, I'm quite complex, and this bowl is beautiful, but just clay and sand and heat. 
and there it is. Um, and so this is kind of the level we're talking about here, where um, the Jesus became, you know, the Creator became the created. That's like very intense. I love this bowl, but you know, I'm not going to become a bowl. How would that even happen? That is a that is a big thing to understand. Um, so maybe I'll just put that here, just for more remembrance of that. <laughs> and so yeah, that's that's the second point: fully human, fully God. Yeah, fully bowl. Um, and then the the third idea that we explored this week was Jesus as Lord and friend. And so, yeah, in, in this idea, we we remember that Jesus comes saying he is one with God. We remember that Jesus came saying that he is life, he is truth. He is the one whose guidance is good to live by. That he invites people to be taught and lived by him, and he extends these invitations to people to come, come follow me. But... He's not like a distant boss who doesn't remember your name. And he's not some fancy Lord who kind of sees you as a servant but just sort of like doesn't care just as long as you get the work done. His invitation to know him as Lord comes equally with this invitation to know him as friend. For those who follow him, um, he invites them to be good friends, to be on team with him in this kind of beautiful way. And so the truth about Jesus as Lord and friend is that inherently both those things are, are attached to an offer for relationship. You can't know someone as a friend without actually being their friend. The whole thing is the friendship and the, the existence of that. You can't know someone as Lord without respecting their judgment and following their orders or their leading, or their teaching. It's relational. And so I thought of how there are many stories that I could share um, about how this has looked in my life. Um, And I'm going to share one in a minute. But I'm just going to say two things here without really saying more, because I don't really know how to say more other than saying them. But the key thing about relationships is trust. And the key thing about relationship with Jesus as Lord, I think, is trusting Jesus' judgment. And the key thing about relationship with Jesus as friend is trusting that Jesus has good intentions toward us. Just going to leave those things there. Um, Yeah, but I guess sort of tying into the story I shared earlier about um, this kind of slow work of healing in my life, um, of freeing me from this kind of prison of performance, is that um, when I'm free from the idea that my worth is determined by what I can do, um, and when I accept God's love for and desire to liberate me, um, when I can kind of accept then that... that um, If God asks me to do something, it's not just because I'm a servant doing his bidding. I can trust that God has my best intentions at heart and that I can really trust that judgment from God. And so, yeah, I just wanted to share a story. Um, Some of you have heard this in various iterations. Um, But, yeah, a big way that this came about for me was around 
the choice to lead this community. And so um, late last year, I uh, was in India with a crew of people and had the choice um, that I was kind of turning over in my mind around um, whether to accept the role of leading this community of people. And my judgment of myself at that time was like, no, I don't think I have it in me to be able to do this. That, like, it's a nice idea, but I don't really see that that could actually happen. Um, and then, yeah, we were hanging out with some people and um, this lady who I, I got to know a little bit, but who didn't really know me, really, um, certainly hadn't had any conversations about what I was thinking about, um, was like, ah, oh, I just want to share with you that I have this word from God, I think, um, something like you're trying to make a decision and you don't know if you have what it takes to say yes to that decision, but God says you do, I back you, and um, actually you've got what you need so you don't need to worry. And I was like cracking up because I'm true, does God say that? Um, <laughs> and so I guess the, the thing for me off the back of that was that word from her became for me this opportunity to choose whether Jesus is Lord in the sense of did I trust Jesus' point of view and Jesus' judgment, or did I trust my own more? Like, whose judgment did I back more? And so the question became, is Jesus Lord, and therefore are his instructions the ones that I actually want to follow? And I, the, I guess the only reason that I would trust that is because... Um, through following Jesus' judgment at other times, um, over and over again in my life, I had come to know that I did actually really back that Jesus truly believed, like truly had my best intentions at heart, that I could really trust his judgment, not just on a kind of strategic level, as if I was like a dispensable cog in the machine, but from a like relational level of like, I'm really loved um, and really like, my best intentions are held at God's heart. Um, and that, yeah, I'm known by Jesus better than I know myself. Um, and like any good friend, Jesus really desires the best for me. Um, really wants me to live into the fullness of who I can be. And so the question about stepping into something scary, like leading this church, he... Um, was at its core about trusting Jesus' judgment and about trusting Jesus' good intentions towards me. About trusting Jesus as Lord and Jesus as friend, kind of, all at the same time. Yeah, and so just to kind of land this, um, I have for a good 15 years now been friends with Jesus um, and yeah there's just there's just always more adventures to be had eh? more liberation to be sort of liberated to um, and a deeper level of knowing um, yeah Jesus intentions towards me are good and that there's no vendetta against me um, and that because there's no vendetta against me, I can freely come and receive more liberation without shame. Um, yeah.
So knowing that Jesus, um, yeah, like knowing Jesus at its heart isn't about like the facts, just like how knowing your friend isn't about the fact that they're five foot seven and have a mole on their left cheek. And you know, that's not the friendship, that's just facts. Um, it's relational, and that's, that's what counts. Um, and so, yeah, we're going to worship now as a community of people. Do you want to come up and share, bro? Um, and, yeah, I'm going to hand the mic over. Awesome. Thanks, Rose. Give it up for Rose.